This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig, and with me, well, with us is Chris coming in remotely. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing well. How about you, Craig? Uh, not too bad. Uh, where are you at today, Chris? I am in uh, sunny Texas, Arlington, Texas, just Arlington. outside of Dallas, Fort Worth. All area. right. Isn't that where the Rangers play in Arlington? Yeah. Um, you would know that better than I do, Craig. You're the baseball fan. Well, well I, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, all right. Well, enough baseball for now. That's a topic for another episode. We should do a whole episode on baseball just for fun. <laughs> uh, today, Every time I come into your studio, you're watching a baseball game. Yeah, well, not this month. It's January. Um, okay, today, Chris, we are talking about essentially whether to take a load or not. And you have worked out some math on this uh, about when it's advantageous to take a load at a lower rate or to wait it out, right? I, I do. I've got some math in this episode. There's a little worksheet that people will be able to download from the uh, show notes page because you're you're going to want to follow along a little bit with the worksheet that's got some of the numbers displayed because it's going to be deep, Craig. So I'm in my happy place. And that's... Your happy place and mine don't look anything alike, Chris. It's <laughs> it's a very very different happy place. I'll tell you. Yeah, this episode is going to be like purgatory for you, right? You'd rather go to the dentist. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, I like the dentist. That's fine. Um, yeah, no, that, that's fine. I I can deal with a few numbers for the next twenty or thirty minutes. It's fine. I'm gonna just kind of batten down my hatches and and get through this. Um, well, but. I- before, I appreciate you taking one for the team. I'm sure the audience does too. It's what I do. It's I'm a I'm a highly <laughs> charitable person, Chris. Um, before we get to that, of course, I got to ask you: How are things going out on the road? They're they're going pretty well. You remember last time what the uh, the big experience that I talked about was? Yeah, you change your tires for the first time, right? I chained my tires, and I kind of feel like that's almost like a trucker rite of passage. So sure. I feel like. You know, I may still be a rookie, but I've upped my game a little bit as a rookie and and notched uh, notched myself a little bit higher. It's kind of funny, you know, talking to guys, how many people that have been driving for a really long time said they've never chained up. And and so I chained up the day or so around when we you know, I think it was the day we actually recorded, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right, right before we recorded. Yeah, well, guess what? I had to chain up twice the next day. <laughs> really, just coming coming out of uh, out of Oregon. Yeah, coming out of Oregon. So, I picked up a load just outside of Hood River, and the this the uh, ancillary road coming off of eighty four. I had to chain up for literally like five miles, a five mile drive off of eighty four up into this beautiful valley uh, outside of Hood River, and picked up a, a load of pears. But yeah, I had a chain up just for that little strip out there. By the time I got loaded, they'd lifted the chain requirement on that road. And I got back to 84. I'd, I'd actually taken my chains off while I was at the the shippers. Got back to 84, drove all the way to 84. And then that same section of 84 between Pendleton and Legrand had a chain up again. It was pretty bad there. Really, it definitely needed needed chains again. So I got uh-huh. a chain up twice all in like a four or five hour period. You know, with all this chaining, that kind of reminds me, you've been doing a lot of winter driving lately. And uh, a question I had last week that I never quite got around to was with all this winter driving, do you notice 
an appreciable difference in um in your expenses as far as filling up the reefer with fuel uh is there is there enough of a difference to speak of in the winter time versus the summer it's a huge difference i i can't believe how much of a difference it is there's a lot of loads that you you would n- normally have to run in continuous mode so the reefers run in all the time you can run on cycle mode more like a refrigerator does it just when it warms up a little bit it kicks on cools things down shuts off you know until it warms up again kicks on shuts down and some of these loads it's actually warming it up so that it doesn't freeze and i you know I, there was one period where i went almost two weeks without refilling my reefer tank you know i had some loads that just didn't require a whole lot and uh went for a long time where in the summertime i mean you're you're filling that thing up every day or two wow that's uh yeah i, I can see and that's a 50 gallon tank right so that's is, yep. a lot of fuel to go through yeah it's it's crazy and you're saying that uh, okay so back to the the chaining tires thing you're saying that uh, not everybody is out there doing that even if they're supposed to they're not out chaining up their tires you're the, just well, uh, being the boy no, scout I, here I think most guys are chain up when when it's required but a lot of a lot of people just avoid driving in areas where you're going to have to chain up oh, and, right. and or try to time their drive so they don't have to and 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 I I will always do that as well but in this particular um run up to Oregon and back I just I didn't have that option I had to be there I was on kind of a tight schedule and then I had to be back for drill so I I had to deliver on time and had to uh I just I couldn't get around it. I had to chain up. And you don't want to you want to hear something that happened uh, when I was at the shippers up in the Hood River area that kind of ticked me off. Always. These are my favorite stories. So you're I'm at this really busy shipper getting pairs, like I said, and you go in and they say, okay, there's two trucks in front of you. They've got like, I think, three doors and they say, okay, you're going to be in door three, but there's a truck in it right now. Then there's this truck's going to go into it. And then after they, you see them leave, then you can go. So they're just putting one guy right after another, after another, after another, getting loaded up. Well, I'm I'm the next guy in the dock. There's a guy in front of me. So in baseball terms, what would that be? I'm I'm. Uh, Come on, Chris. I, I can do this. I'm. You're on deck. Uh, at, I'm on deck. Yeah. So I'm on deck. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to get waiting to get up to the plate to bat. And the guy that's in the door that I'm supposed to be in gets the green light, meaning he's loaded and he can pull away from the dock. And what does the dummy do? He's been sitting there for an hour getting loaded. And right as he gets loaded, he decides to take the chains off of his freaking truck. And chain so, up. And, yeah. And instead of pulling away from the door, he pulls all his chains off, which, you know, this is going to take him like 10 or 15 minutes to do. And that kind of ticks me off, puts me in a foul mood. So I, I go up to him as patiently as I possibly set, can and say, hey, I'm supposed to be in that door right now. Don't freaking take your chains off. Well, he'd taken them off at that point. So I, I actually made him pull out, pull away. I chucked his chains to the side and then backed in so that I could get in the door. And then he, he had to you know drive further down the parking lot and then uh, come back and grab his chains. But, I mean, that's just – to me, that's rude. I mean, you've got – people that are waiting go to the door and get loaded and all of a sudden you decide to take 20 minutes longer at the door than you need to wow so file am i I being uh, unreasonable 
you you say you were reasonable until it was and time. No, to I'm speak. asking you. Am I being unreasonable? Oh, and, no, uh, I asking think... for that guy to get out of there when he's supposed to get out of there. Well, you know, as long as you followed your own rule here, which is don't be a dick, right? Because <laughs> that's what he was doing. <laughs> that is so, my rule. <laughs> as long as you follow your own rule, then I think you're all right. Because that is uh, that's a little unreasonable. Yeah, I, I was being as I was as nice to the guy as I could. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't a total rude idiot, but I did. I was pretty like, come on, man, get out of here. Yeah. You don't need to be doing that right at the door. Pull a hundred yards away and do it over there. So, <laughs> well, boy. it's over now, Chris. It's done. And okay, enough of my rant. I can, let me. I'm breathing. There's <sighs> nothing we can calm. do about it. So I'm calm. Let's get to today's topic. I will remind everybody that there are full show notes at hollandassetsllc.com, um, and there are other resources and worksheets and stuff at motorcarrierhq.com. And I would encourage people to go check those out today because, uh, like you said earlier, we're going to be getting into some numbers, some math. There's worksheets involved. And uh, you were saying earlier that you think this will be a good episode for people to listen to twice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it is math, and some of the the points that we're going to be talking about are going to be a little bit hard to comprehend, especially if you're not looking at the numbers when you listen to it the first time. It's going to really be beneficial to actually look at what we're talking about and visualize the numbers as we're going through it. So I'd kind of recommend, especially if you're listening to this the first time when you're not sitting in front of a computer or, or have printed out the, the worksheet that we're going to have online, to listen to it once so you get familiar with the concepts and some of the terms that we're going to use and then go back and listen to it again as you can watch the numbers see the numbers and and really kind of um understand it a, a little bit better right right okay well uh you even have a story problem which i'm freaked out by uh i'm having flashbacks traumatic flashbacks to high school but we'll get to the story problem in just a minute let's start though with um Okay, so the question at hand, do I take the load or do I not take the load? Sometimes, so if I understand right, the the conundrum here is you may be sitting in some city somewhere and you want to get out of there, uh, but the only load you can find isn't quite up to whatever your rate per mile is that you're shooting for. And, and so the question is, oh, you know, I may be able to get another rate or a better rate tomorrow if I stick around, but you know, that's a day of not moving, right? And so does the math work out for me to stick around and wait for it or to just take the slightly lower paying load and um, and, and head out on the road, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. And it's a question that I've run into a bunch of times. You know, you, you're kind of sitting on a fence on, the, on a load. You know, this isn't, like you said, where I want to be at rate-wise, but am I better off taking this lower rate or am I better off sitting for a day and waiting for a better rate? Um, I, I've had that happen a bunch. I hear guys talking about that all the time. And so we're going to use some math and some numbers and uh, try to really figure this out and decide when is it best to wait and when is it best to just take the lower rate and go. So where do you want to start with this then? Let's Let's start with something, just kind of a little bit of um, financial or accounting uh, background understanding. Um, have you ever heard of cost of goods sold? I have not. I mean, I know what the term means, I suppose. I could guess, but I haven't heard that. So in, in your traditional accounting in and in a traditional business, you've got what's called cost of goods sold. So cost of goods sold is really are the costs that are directly associated with um, 
building a product. So if you're building doll houses, the wood that goes into it, the glues that the glue that goes into it, the nails, all those kind of things, you, you're building your doll house for your daughter, um, or, or you're buying one from a company. Those things that go into it, that's the cost of goods sold. So it's the cost of the product you're producing. Or in our situation, we're providing a service. So in our situation as truckers, it is the cost the cost associated directly with us providing our service. So um, the cost of goods sold would be things like your driver pay, your fuel, um, maintenance and repairs, all those things that are directly associated with driving down the road to, to get your product. And so those are the, the variable costs that you've talked about before. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, uh, I want to say episode 20, if I remember off the top of my head right, where we talked about costs and fixed costs versus variable costs. So exactly the cost of goods sold are those variable costs. And do you put fixed costs in with your, uh, your cost of goods sold as well? No, the fixed costs come after. And so what happens is when you're looking at um, a lot of uh, um, business profit and loss statements, they will have their total revenue. Then they'll um, subtract out of that their cost of goods sold, or in our case, our variable expenses. And below that, you're going to have what's called your gross um, income, not your net income, but your gross income. That's the income after all, kind of more your administrative and overhead costs before those are factored in. So what we're going to be talking about a lot today is our gross revenue, trying to understand um, gross revenue, because that's an important piece because that's that gross revenue is what goes to covering your fixed expenses. So the things like the truck payment, the insurance payment, um, regular overhead, all those things that are costs that are going to happen, whether you're rolling down the road or not. So that gross revenue all goes to pay those off. And then what's left after that, that's what's your net income. So you need to have a, a good amount of gross revenue or you know, you're going to run into trouble and you're not going to be profitable. Uh, interesting. Okay. So how does this relate to uh, whether to take a load or not? That's a good question. So let's kind of, let's go take a step back here and go into that story problem. So if you've got your worksheet that you've downloaded from Holland Assets and Motor Carrier HQ, pull that worksheet out. It's got the story problem right on it and we will dive into that. Okay. So the story problem here, um, what we're going to be trying to figure out what our what our cost of goods sold should be, or like what our cost of goods sold is, and so what we need to be making to turn a profit, essentially? Well, it's it's that um, gross revenue that's left over. So oh, the right. gross revenue, that's what goes towards covering your fixed costs. That's what goes towards your your net income. So the thing that's important here is, is you need to have a certain amount of gross revenue every month in order for your company to, one, pay off your fixed costs, and two, to pay off your, um, or to, to put in your pocket as net income. Right. If you don't have that um, gross gross revenue or gross income, then uh, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So when you sit for a day, you're not going to have any gross income for that day. And obviously that's going to cause problems. So if you sit for a day, you lose that, and if you're going to try to get a better rate on, you know, say day two or three, like we're talking in this, uh, this story problem, then you've got to make more on your rate per mile on 
that better rate to make up for the gross revenue that you would have missed out on that first day. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I think it does. So, okay, let's dive into the story problem then. All right. So the the story problem, and if you're looking at the worksheet, you're going to be able to visualize this a lot better because I've got it written out there, uh, uh, three different scenarios that we're going to talk about that kind of show what that gross revenue is. So here's basically the problem. I'm just going to actually read it verbatim. I think that'll be the easiest thing to do. So it says, you know you can get a load today at $1.80 per mile that will keep you running 650 miles a day for three days. What rate per mile do you need to earn the same gross income if you sit today and wait for a better paying load tomorrow that runs for two days at 650 miles per day? And your variable costs in this situation are $1.33 a mile, which are basically what we've calculated my variable costs to be. Okay. All right. So uh, I could be running for three days at a buck eighty a mile um, for 650 miles a day. All right. Uh, or two days. So I, I'm losing an entire day, like you said. So gosh, the, the number would have to be quite a bit higher, right? To make up for that lost day on the road. Yeah. So if you, exactly. If you go down to that first, um, example, the first, uh, piece of the spreadsheet that I've that's on this uh, worksheet, yeah. you'll see that on day one, you're getting $1.80 a mile under this first example, 650 miles. That gives you a total revenue of 1,170 miles. Um, that, that's how much you're making in revenue a day. Your variable expenses at 650 miles comes out to $865. So the gross profit, that's your revenue minus those variable expenses, is $305.50 a day. Okay. All right. Sounds if, good. If you total that up for all three days, you've got $916.50 in total revenue spread across three days. And you're running those three days. Okay. All right. So that's so, the number we've got to equal in only two days of running in the other situation, right? Exactly. So we're, that's what we want to try to figure out. You know, how many, how, what rate per mile do I need to earn to be able to get that same gross revenue and only, or excuse me, same gross income in only two days. Okay. So how does that work out? Then you've got a couple examples here with a little bit of a higher rate and then quite a bit higher rate um, as your two situations, right? Exactly. So in the first one, the second one that we're going to look at where you're sitting on day one and then on day two, you go right into the same number of miles. You run 650 miles, but at $1.90. And I'm doing this one just to kind of show a point. So for $1.90, so that's 10 cents a mile more, um, still running 650 miles. The total revenue in that situation is just a little bit over $1,200. The variable expenses are going to be the same. So the um, gross income or gross profit per day in that scenario is going to be $370.50. So you add that together, spread out over the two days, the total gross income is $741. So that's 200 and change lower than the other one? Um, just a little less than $200. Okay. It's like 175-ish, something like that. I'd gotcha. But either way, it's less than what you were doing before. And then the third example you've got here is... Um, Kind of that so, same two days at 650 a mile at uh, 
$2.03 a mile, which from what little I've gathered just talking to you, that would be a pretty dang good rate. That yeah, that's that two dollars and three cents is a is a is a pretty darn good rate, and um and and I put that kind of odd number because that's the number it's right close to that it's actually two dollars and three and a half cents is what's called your break even point that's where you earn the exact same amount over two days versus the three days. Gotcha, gotcha. So it, even then, it's a little bit less than uh, than you were in the first scenario. Okay. It, Interesting. So you would have to, like, like I said, you'd have to get quite a lot better rate. And look, I, I'm not as experienced as you or a lot of the people listening to this uh, podcast, but from what I understand, the chances of getting a load out of the same city to anything approaching a similar destination for that much higher a rate, I mean, what it doesn't seem like it'd be a good chance that you're going to get that, right? Yeah, by by waiting one day, I mean, in this situation, you'd have to get 23 cents a mile more um, to just break even, just to earn the same amount. Um, so you're you're really better off probably taking that lower paying load and at least getting the wheels turning. The other thing that you kind of need to keep in mind here too, if you're sitting for that second day, you know, if you're an owner operator as a driver, you're not getting paid the driver wage either for that day that you're sitting, and so. In reality, if you're an owner-operator and you're looking at this as your total income, what I'm going to bring home and the money I get to put in my pocket, you're you're way better off on that first situation because you're at least going to also get that that driver pay. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So in this situation, at least, um, it's a no-brainer, right? Hit the road, take the lower rate, go for it. I imagine that that's not always so clear-cut, right? It's, it's not. And... But there's a, a, a couple other scenarios that you can run through to try to help you determine whether this kind of thing makes sense or not. But yeah, it's not that cut and dry. And there are situations like if I'm sitting at home and I'm on the fence like that and I think I can get a better paying load the next day, I'm going to probably wait the next day because I'm I'm at home. If I'm out on the road somewhere and I'm, and I'm not home and it just means me kind of basically sitting and twiddling my thumbs, I'm I'm gonna definitely take the load because I'd I'd rather be working. I'm I'm away from home anyway. You know, you might as well work. Yeah, absolutely. So, is there a, an actual equation that you have that people can kind of plug into, plug their numbers into it, and uh, and figure out whether you know quickly figure out whether it's a better idea to take this load or maybe hold off. I could I could throw kind of this Excel spreadsheet up onto the uh, website as well and share it with people. They can kind of plug their own numbers into and, and kind of do the same thing that that I have. Okay. Yeah, it just seems like uh, it's one of those things where, first of all, it's a good idea to have a spreadsheet like that. You know, something that where you can quickly calculate uh, what you're going to be what you're going to be coming out to to take this load versus waiting for another. Uh, but then the other thing that it that kind of struck me as you were talking about it is maybe this is a um, part of the value of having a really good dispatcher that uh, who can help you figure this stuff out and know whether something is going to whether you're going to get anything better or if it's best to just take this and go yeah right? absolutely absolutely a good dispatcher one should be able to do some of these calculations for you um, two yeah they, they should know really well you know, if I'm going to sit for a day, how much more am I potentially going to be able to earn on my rate per mile? 
um, you know, those kind of things. The other thing that really, you know, another scenario under this kind of situation is, and this is really more common of, of what would happen is, you know, maybe I'm stuck in a place like Florida where my, my rate getting out of Florida is really bad. Um, do I want to sit and wait? Or in this situation, you may say, hey, I'm going to take a really crappy rate and go from Florida to Atlanta because, you know, stuff coming out of Atlanta is paying a little bit better. It's not quite as far of a, a jaunt. Maybe it's only 500 miles. So on day one, you take that crappy paying load. You're at least getting something as, as long as you're covering your um, variable expenses and maybe a little bit more. You're going to be adding to that gross profit. So you're better off than just sitting for a day take that short crappy road load getting out and then you know then at that point pick up that that better paying rate um and, and to go further so and and does it change the calculation if you are you know you're you're based in salt lake city you're talking about being out in florida does it change the calculation whether you're at home leaving the state or if you're out of the state trying to get back or get somewhere else it can because, you know, rates going east versus rates going west are always different. The thing that makes more of an impact really than where you're located is how many days the run's going to be. So you take, for example, if you're trying to decide, hey, I'm going to sit home or I'm going to sit where I'm at for a day versus and then take a one day run after that versus taking a two day run. At that situation, you've got to have a really big difference in your rate per mile to be able to recoup that in just one day. If you are thinking about sitting for one day and then going on a four-day run versus going today and then going on a four-day run, you can typically recoup that day where you sat with a smaller increase in rate if you're going to be running for more consecutive days. But then it also comes back to the thing, well, maybe you're better off taking a short one-day run somewhere else at a low rate and then taking a three- or four-day run at a better rate because you get put into a different area, say, you know, Florida versus Atlanta or Florida versus Tennessee or something like that, and then taking a load from Tennessee to Washington. Um you, you just, it's pretty rare, I think, that you're better off just sitting. There's usually a better option taking a short, low-paying load for one day or even, you know, taking a lower-paying load for three days versus sitting for a day and then taking a two-day load. Does that, that make sense, Craig? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So when it comes to, to take the load or not to take the load, probably take the load, but do the math and just make sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Usually you're going to be better off taking the load. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, Chris, it sounds like there's going to be some math that people can do. And like you said, um, we're going to have worksheets and the story problem and everything is going to be listed at hollandassetsllc.com. And it would be a good idea to listen to this episode a second time with those documents in hand, right? So, so that people can kind of follow along with that and, um, and see what it is that we're talking about and not just hear it, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. Well, I, I feel like I'm uh, educated <laughs> and I'm feeling good about this episode. How are you, Chris? I feel good about it. I think we've uh, covered it. This is one of those episodes that's incredibly important. You've yep. got to know your numbers as an owner-operator and you've got to understand you know, variable costs, fixed costs, your gross income, the better you understand that stuff, the better decisions you're going to make, and the more profitable you're going to be as an owner-operator. 
Well, it's why I'll never hack it out there. You've got the spreadsheet skills, and uh, we're trying to pass those along to others as well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. And uh, I guess I'll see you next week then. See you then.